Thanks for listening to the Thyroid Fixer podcast with your host, me, Dr. Amy Horneman, aka the Thyroid Fixer, functional medicine practitioner, hormone and weight loss expert. We're talking all things thyroid, hormone, and health related in order to empower, educate, and transform you. So if you're ready to get your life back, let's get started. So many questions come in about protein powders, because let's face it, as much as I talk about the importance of getting adequate or optimal protein into your body and how to find the right macros, the right grams of protein for your body, which by the way, is one gram per pound of lean body mass, one gram per pound of lean body mass. So that means you take your weight and then you figure out how much of that is lean body mass. So if you're 200 pounds, but you need to lose 75 pounds, then your lean body mass or your optimal weight, let's say, is probably going to be around 125. Only you know, based on your height, your weight. So you can kind of figure out where your body really should be if you're carrying around excess weight. And that's going to be your lean body mass. So that's how many grams of protein per day that you should be consuming. And the why behind this, I know I'm going down a little bit of a side road here, but the why behind this is because amino acids or animal-based amino acids, that's what makes up your muscle tissue. That's what helps your hair to be thick and strong and beautiful and not thin and wispy and breaking or falling out. And many of you complain about hair loss as well. And low protein intake is one of the key, key reasons for that. Are you finally at your wits end where you are tired of dealing with doctor after doctor? Maybe you've spent thousands on integrative or functional practitioners that have not helped you at all because they don't know the thyroid and hormones. They're not even testing properly. So come work with myself and my team. We prescribe to all 50 states and parts of Canada. I have you covered. I've been building this team for years so that I could help you no matter where you are. All you have to do is click the link in the show notes, book a free application call. We're going to go over your current health situation, what worked, what hasn't worked, all the things. And then we will pair you up with the right program for you where we will do it all. You will come out the other side of the program, totally optimized, getting your life back. You're going to recognize the person you see in the mirror again. Doesn't that sound absolutely amazing? Well, it might sound like you don't even believe it, but I promise you, I promise you, we will take good care of you. So click the link in the show notes, book a call today, and we'll be talking to you soon. So we want to go over today the different protein powders that are out there and which ones you really should be using because let's face it, it helps to have a protein powder in the mix. I mean, I'm drinking one right now and there's no way I could get in, let's say 110, 115 grams of protein per day just by eating meat, chicken, fish, eggs. It's not gonna happen. Even my collagen protein fixer, I throw that in my protein shake for extra protein. I throw it in my coffee, but even with that, again, it's not going to get me to that number on a daily basis, mainly because I don't eat that often in order to say, hey, I'm going to have four different servings of 30 grams of protein per serving, and it's going to be real food. Probably not. I'm going to get too full. I'm going to get too bloated that way. Don't want it. Going to use a protein powder. Going to use some collagen. So that's one of the reasons why. And then, you know, the other reason is just we are 
in a food abundant society. So everywhere you look and everywhere you go, there is food available. And this really kind of triggers us to grab and shove it in our face and grab and shove it in our face. And that's fine if, if it's the right food, if it is the right source of protein or carbs or fat. But on this go, go, go society, in this go, go, go society, we tend to grab convenience. That's why we're stopping at the get-go's and the sheets and we're grabbing the made-to-order subs or we're grabbing a bag of chips or we're grabbing a really crappy high-sugar protein bar. And that's what we really want to stay away from if your goal is to be healthy, be lean, look, feel, and perform your best and be the badass that you're meant to be. If that is the case, then you don't want to be settling for less than anything that goes into your body. You don't want to settle for a cheap ass protein powder that's going to wreak havoc. You don't want to settle for a sugar laden protein bar because that's how it's advertised. And you certainly don't want to settle for eating at convenience stores for your lunch or dinner. So let's break this down. The other thing we're going to talk about today is L-tyrosine because I haven't yet dove into the benefits of this beautiful amino acid, since we're talking about amino acids in protein, this beautiful amino acid and what it can do for you and your thyroid function. So let's start with the protein powders. You know, I go back in the days of my bodybuilding days and I think of the whey protein that we used to slam down on a daily or twice a day basis. And those were the big, remember those big five pound tubs of protein that you would get. Muscle Tech and EAS and, and Labrata Nutrition and Optimal Nutrition. Big, huge five pound tubs of this protein powder. And listen, it tasted pretty darn good. You would blend that into a shake and holy cow, it tasted like you were drinking a McDonald's milkshake. Oh, and then we would get creative with it and make it into a pudding. And all of this you can do with protein powders, but, but, but not the whey protein, people. Whey protein was originally brought on the scene for the bodybuilding community. So if you think of a, let's take a 225 pound male bodybuilder, he's muscular, he's lifting at the gym. He just threw around some heavy weights, totally depleted his muscle glycogen stores in his muscle because that's what working out does. We we work out and then we start to deplete those those glycogen stores, those glucose sugar stores in your muscle. And then ultimately after a workout, you want to replenish those and you want to be able to fuel your muscle tissue in order for it to grow because that's why you're at the gym, right? You want to grow that lean, sexy muscle mass. You want to lose some body fat. You want to improve your health and your cardiovascular system. So we want to feed our bodies properly afterwards. So when whey protein came on the scene, it was originally meant for those bodybuilder dudes that just threw around a lot of weight. And I'm not saying that you ladies aren't throwing around a lot of weight, but just bear with me. And it was meant to spike insulin because that's what, that's what bodybuilders want post-workout is to get a little bit of an insulin spike. Because remember, insulin is not a bad guy. Insulin is a hormone. It's a peptide. It's amazing. It's needed for life. It helps shuttle nutrients into the muscle cell, into the cell itself. So they wanted a spike of insulin in order to then take that protein, take those nutrients 
that they're providing their body after a hard workout and push that into the muscle cell to give the muscle its amino acid building blocks for growth. And that's awesome. Repair, growth, 100%, bam, right on point. Except somehow along the way, we took this whey protein powder intended for the bodybuilding sports nutrition world and we brought it into day-to-day life. We brought it into soccer mom's repertoire. We brought it into weekend warriors daily drink. And then we started to see these shape and fitness and muscle and hers magazines. Remember those magazines? Remember those? We started to see those come out telling women that, hey, it's a good idea, add a protein shake here and then eat this, this, and this. And usually it was eating like six times a day to keep your metabolism up. But a protein shake was always thrown in and it was whey-based because that's all we had back then. We didn't have the plant-based, we didn't have the soy, we didn't have the, the bone broth protein powders. We had whey protein. And then there was isolated whey. And then somebody's like, I got New Zealand whey from New Zealand cows. It's so much better. But it was still all whey protein based. And here's the issue again with the insulin. Yes, but there's also an effect on the GI tract. So I'm going to ask you a question. How many of you have taken, blended yourself a nice whey protein shake, drank it down after a workout or ladies, you're just drinking it through the day to try to increase your protein intake, which I commend you for, or you're drinking it because it's on some diet plan, or you're doing two shakes in a real meal, right? From like NutriSense or Jenny Craig or whatever company out there is trying to get you to lose weight by drinking a couple shakes a day, which all it does is drop your calories. So of course you're going to lose weight when you're drinking liquid calories twice a day and only eating one meal. But here's the thing, it's doing damage beneath the surface, behind the scenes. So that whey protein is literally wreaking havoc on your gut. So again, sorry, how many of you have drank the whey protein and then went, oh my gosh, my stomach, it's gurgly, it's making crazy noises, it's bloated, I'm distended. What is this? Eh, That's the whey protein. Now, many of you know that I am not anti-dairy. Even if you are autoimmune, even if you have Hashimoto's, Yes, I am anti-gluten. You have to go gluten-free, but I am not anti-dairy. I am completely okay with you eating a high-quality, organic, grass-fed source of dairy. Because when you do that, and let's just use some examples here. Nice Kerrygold hard cheddar cheese or a Siggy's fermented, actually fermented, low-sugar, whole milk, organic say it again, organic Greek yogurt. No problem with that. You want to use a little bit of organic heavy whipping cream in your coffee, just a splash, just a splash in that one cup, just to get some flavor. That's okay as well. But when you start getting into large, large, large amounts of dairy, yes, that can wreak havoc on your digestive system and increase inflammation and potentially increase antibodies and autoimmune, like we know that gluten does. But even before it wreaks its havoc, Whey protein is going to show itself wreaking havoc in your digestive tract from how you feel. You're going to know it because it's going to happen right away. There was one time I blended this shake and I remember this company came out with birthday cake flavored whey protein. 
remember, this is back in the day when this is all normal. We didn't have any other protein powder options and nobody thought anything of it. Birthday cake. I blended that and within 10 minutes, it was coming back up in the sink. It hit me so hard. And I truly believe that was the last time I ever did whey protein. I thought I would give it a try. I started moving away from it during that time. This is probably back in 2010. I started moving away from it, but who can resist birthday cake flavored? I mean, come on. So I wanted to try it. And I thought, even if it wreaks a little bit of havoc with my gut, I'll be all right. No, I was not okay. That's how much inflammation happened and digestive disturbance happened for me drinking that whey protein shake. And in addition of to just wreaking havoc on your gut, I had no idea that I was spiking my insulin. Now, I was already insulin resistant. I had PCOS. I was insulin resistant. I was doing all the things to keep my carbs low. Here I am drinking a whey protein shake that totally spiked my insulin level. I was not doing myself any favors in the insulin or insulin resistance department. I was actually making it worse. Then let's fast forward a couple years, 2011, 12, 13, this whole wave of plant-based protein powders came out. And it could be a blend of pea protein, brown rice, hemp. We won't even get into soy yet. Let's hold soy for a second. Just those plant-based protein powders. And I remember thinking, well, this is a great alternative. I'm going to change over to these. And I went with a very, very popular company. And listen, it tasted really good. But again, every single time I would eat this, pro drink protein powder, eat it. I say eat it because what I would do with this protein powder, and you can do this with the good ones that we're going to talk about, is I would actually make it into a cereal. So I would combine the protein powder with some almond flour and a little bit of stevia or a little bit of monk fruit. And I would put in just enough liquid, usually a, a milk, like a milkadamia or an almond milk source. I would splash in just enough of some kind of liquid source and I would cream in some melted coconut oil and I would let that form into little balls and then put it on a cookie sheet and bake it. So it was like I was making my own granola-like cereal and I would throw nuts in there and I would throw coconut flakes in there and I would just be happily eating that bowl of cereal in a big bowl of almond milk. And afterwards, it was an embarrassing noise that would come from my stomach. No, it wasn't, it wasn't gas. It was just this angry, gurgling, my belly talking to me noise to the point where I really had to watch if I was going to be eating that and then actually going out to be social. I really couldn't do that. I had to keep it within the confines of my own home. It was that loud and that obnoxious. And it actually started bothering me. I'd be sitting there watching TV with my loved one. And oh my goodness, there's my stomach talking to everybody in the room. That was the plant-based. I moved away from that just simply because of my reaction to it. I gave away my bags of plant-based protein and I just got away from protein powders for quite some time. I knew that soy was not the answer because soy is completely wrong for your thyroid. Everybody, male, female, don't care who you are. You do not want to do soy protein powder. Number one, if you're male, soy is a known estrogen raiser. 
It's an estrogenic compound. And there are proponents out there that will say, well, if you get the non-GMO soy, you're okay. I say no soy at all whatsoever. If you are a man, do not do soy because it's going to raise your estrogen levels. If you are a man with a thyroid problem, double, triple, quadruple whammy, do not do soy. If you are a woman with a thyroid problem, do not do soy. If you are a woman, don't do soy. I did soy protein one time. Can't even remember how old I was. Had to have been in my 20s. This is before the plant-based, probably mixed into the whey protein arena. I tried to do a soy-based protein powder, and I think I was throwing in some grilled tofu because, you know, Whole Foods had it on their salad bar, and I thought it was good. I broke out like I was 14 years old because it was so estrogenic and it brought my estrogen level to such a high point. Now, mind you, I had PCOS as well. So I already had the low progesterone and I was taking Vitex Chase Berry for it, which absolutely helped with the, the acne. But then I added in soy. What was I thinking? I just completely broke out. So thyroid problems set aside. You don't want to do soy protein if or soy anything if you have a thyroid problem. It is a known goitrogen, so it will cause goiter. It will stimulate the growth of goiters and nodules, and it will also interfere with how your own thyroid medication is working. So you want to avoid soy. Next on the scene, oh, wait, we have to still talk about plant-based. So in addition to destroying your gut, destroying my gut. I always say they have to kill a lot of peas to make a plant-based protein. And you know, if you have a little cup of peas, not that big of a deal, but if you have a crap ton of them, you're getting exposed to a lot of lectins. And in the paleo community, when you look at the paleo diet, the reason why they tell you to stay away from pea protein and legumes is the amount of lectins in there that can exacerbate an autoimmune condition and cause inflammation. Now, do I believe that having a a bowl of chili with some kidney beans in it is going to be the be all end all for you? No. But if you are doing a plant-based pea protein every single day, it's going to add up. The damage is going to be cumulative and you're going to eventually see it in your body and in your symptoms. So we don't want that inflammation. You might see it in your antibody levels going up, but you are definitely going to see it and feel it in other parts of your body. So whether it's your thyroid not really working that well, your hormones not being balanced, your insulin level going up because anything that is producing inflammation in your body is going to stimulate insulin. It's going to push that level up, actually causing insulin resistance. You're going to see it somewhere, somehow. So you want to completely avoid that. That is not a good alternative. This plant-based movement is absolutely horrendous. And coming up soon, I am going to be showing you the effects of, and I have another podcast on this that you can listen to. The only thing worse than a vegetarian is a vegan. We're going to be going, not, don't send me hate emails, you vegans. You just have to listen to it when I go through science and you're going to have to see the actual evidence in labs that I would love to show you because I have a couple of vegan vegetarian patients 
and we are seeing inflammation through the roof, low protein, high C-reactive protein, which is inflammation, markers of inflammation, low iron, kidney function is just destroyed left and right. Their body is catabolizing their own muscle tissue. It's scary and very interesting all at the same time, because when you can see it in the blood, when you can see it in the labs, there's no more arguing. There's no more excuses. Here it is right here, black and white, right for you. So I understand that if you are vegan or vegetarian, you might be using a plant-based protein powder because you're staying away from all animal sources. And I get that, but it's not necessarily a great health choice for you. And I would urge you to pay attention to your gut and pay attention to how your body is actually reacting to that particular protein powder and maybe make some other choices from there. Now, besides plant-based, there is casein, which is a milk-based protein powder. Again, going back to the dairy aspect, is it 100% organic where they are not giving the cows recombinant growth hormone or antibiotics or other hormones to make them grow? You want to make sure that you're getting an organic-based. And then you have to see how that casein protein does for you. It might cause digestive distress. It might not. So you kind of have to see how that particular dairy product works for you. And if you're not seeing results, and this isn't just about how's my stomach doing with it. If you are not seeing actual results, then it's time to move on to something different, make a different choice. Next up is the bone broth based protein powders. So we have collagen, which many of you are like, oh, I'm already taking collagen. Yeah, collagen is collagen. And it's fantastic. It is fantastic for your skin, your hair, your nails, your bones, everything. But it is not a complete source of amino acids. And again, this is where really kind of breaking down each protein and the type of and what it's comprised of, your plant-based proteins, your soy, even your casein. You're not getting the full array of amino acids that are required for muscle growth, for tissue repair, for hair growth, for hair strengthening. You're not, for your skin, you're not going to get that from a non-amino acid, a non-animal-based source. So with collagen, collagen is kind of in its own category. And yes, I use my collagen protein fixer. Like I said, I'll throw it in my protein shake, I'll throw it in my water bottle, I'll throw it in my coffee, because then that's giving me an extra 10 grams of protein, five grams of protein, nine grams of protein, 10 grams of protein every time I use it. And that's going to add up and it's giving me the benefits of collagen. Collagen is also very gut healing. So we use collagen as a part of a gut healing protocol. But next to collagen protein, is your bone broth-based protein powders, totally different. Now, the bone broth-based protein powders, those are usually your flavored ones that you're going to blend into a shake. And that's where the amino acid profile lies. That's where you're getting those high-quality amino acids. Now, of course, there's always the question of taste. So I will tell you, I do prefer the bone broth protein powders that are derived from beef and not chicken. I have tried, without naming names, I have tried some bone broth protein powders that on the front 
it just says bone broth protein. And, you know, I just kind of figured it was from beef and then I got it and I turned it over and it said it's from chicken. I'm like, all right, well, I'll try it. It was horrible. I'm going to give it to my dad, but he's probably not going to do it either because he's very picky about his green drink. He'll only do my resilience fixer. Everything else he calls salient green, some movie from, I don't know, the fifties or whatever with some green sludge. He's probably not going to do the chicken protein powder either. And actually there's not even a way to doctor it up. It's just bad. So look for your bone broth protein powders that are beef based. And those are pretty good. I must say they're pretty darn good. I'll blend a chocolate one up with like a little bit of coffee, maybe a little bit of almond butter or cashew butter. I'll take a vanilla one. I'll throw some berries in it. I mean, you can really doctor it up to be exactly how you want it to taste and very, very close to being a McDonald's milkshake. Not as good as a whey protein, but whey protein's garbage. So make sure you're doing a good, high quality. And okay, you might give a little bit on the taste, but a good, high quality bone broth-based protein powder from beef. And that's going to help you, even if you throw it in once a day, that is going to help you increase your protein intake. And the other benefit of anything bone broth related, and when I say bone broth, please don't think that the protein powder tastes like bones or soup or or the, the bone broth broth that you use to make soup or that you sip on when you're intermittent fasting. It doesn't taste like that. It absolutely tastes like a normal protein shake, only way better than plant-based and a little bit not as good as the whey protein. Blend it up, enjoy it. It also has an effect on your gut because bone broth is used as a gut healing protocol. So bone broth-based protein powders are also really good for your gut. Now, part of that amino acid profile and why I want to transition into L-tyrosine is because L-tyrosine is a non-essential amino acid. So your body actually produces it from phenylalanine, which is another amino acid. If you're not consuming the high quality protein that we're talking about, then your body probably isn't even able to produce enough tyrosine from the phenylalanine because you're not even, you're not getting a source. You're not putting the source of amino acids into your body. And this is why, again, referring back to my vegan vegetarian podcast, when I reference, if you look at the, the look, the appearance, the stature of a true vegan or vegetarian, and they have been that way, let's say for more than a year, what you will normally see, and, and I've had patients that are you know, 15, 20 years deep into their plant-based lifestyle. Their hair will be very thin. It won't look really thick and luxurious. They'll normally be either skinny or a skinny fat, or they'll be overweight because of the carbohydrates. So when we're looking at that and kind of like a sunken, like not great skin appearance, and this is just an in general, please don't send me hate emails. If you're a vegan or vegetarian and you look like a model, go ahead and send me your picture. I will not retract my statements whatsoever. I'll just say good for you for doing it right. When we're looking at the amino acid profile and what our body needs, and this is just basic science, our body needs amino acids, period. I can end that sentence there and I could end the podcast there, but I want to keep talking about L-tyrosine. Again, L-tyrosine is a non-essential amino acid. 
It is made from phenylalanine, another amino acid. If you're not getting enough protein, your body is not going to make it. So let's say you're like, well, Dr. Amy, I'm not budging from my veganism lifestyle. Okay, well, then you better start taking L-tyrosine. Why? L-tyrosine does so many different things in the body. But one of the big things that it does is help your thyroid. So when we're looking at L-tyrosine supplementation, L-tyrosine comes in and when we pair it up with iodine, which I have talked ad nauseum about the importance of iodine for each and every one of you, each and every one of you, but especially those with a thyroid problem, your body takes tyrosine, takes iodine, turns it into thyroxine, T4. Then your body can take that T4 and convert it into T3. Now, what if you're saying to me, but wait, I'm T3 only. I don't want to take in T4. I don't want my body making more T4 because it's just going to convert to reverse T3. I am T3 only. I do not stay away from L-tyrosine. I still take it because with that process, it's different from taking T4 and having it convert into reverse T3. I won't go down the whole scientific rabbit hole. You're just going to have to trust me on this one. But you need the iodine to actually bind or connect onto L-tyrosine to be able to produce thyroxine. Now that iodine, it's not just going to come from the from iodized salt. And don't just throw in a kelp supplement. Get a really high quality iodine. I have one on my store. Now thyroid fixer has L-tyrosine in it. On my store, I have a cellardine, which is Cerebanta's iodine, my favorite. You want to use a very high quality iodine. And you want to use a very high quality L-tyrosine, which I promise you I use in Thyroid Fixer. But you can also supplement with L-tyrosine on its own as its own supplement, as its own amino acid, because you actually can't really overdo L-tyrosine. Some recommend, especially if you are vegan or vegetarian, 500 milligrams three times a day. That's a lot. So you really can't overdo it. Now, I tend to find that most of my patients, including myself, do not need that high level of L-tyrosine, but just having that little bit coming in the mix every single day really, really helps. We're also looking at L-tyrosine and the adrenals. So since L-tyrosine hasn't been deeply studied in the thyroid area, it has been studied in stress arena. Several, several studies show that L-tyrosine has a calming effect on the body I have had patients that use L-tyrosine daily instead of an anti-anxiety medication like a benzo, Xanax, think along those lines. And they absolutely experience a reduction in their anxiety because when your body is deficient or depleted in the precursors of L-tyrosine. So phenylalanine and your body is actually deficient in L-tyrosine itself. What many, many patients will experience, many people will experience is adrenal fatigue and that weight gain and sleep issue and wired and tired kind of feeling. And it's as simple as taking L-tyrosine. You don't even have to load on all these adrenal supplements. You don't even have to increase your thyroid medication because you're tired and you're gaining weight. 
you just need to add in L-tyrosine and it's going to calm down the body, make you more resilient to stress, help with your cortisol levels and actually decrease that feeling of anxiety. It's going to increase your stress resilience. Something so simple, a little amino acid can produce such a great effect on the body. It's amazing. It's amazing. So we can go as, I mean, really, really high in milligrams. Some doses, some studies have shown doses of 2000 milligrams per day. That was given to people in the military without negative consequences. You're not really going to see that high of a level in supplementation. I mean, that's super physiological levels. If you're using 100 to 200 milligrams per day, that is going to be sufficient to keep you nice and steady. Nice and steady. You can go up to 500 milligrams per day, but I would work your way up. And I would definitely look at your eating and see if you have any deficiencies in protein and other amino acids that might be contributing to your symptoms that are popping up and your lack of progress. So even if you start to take a little bit of L-tyrosine, you're like, oh, this didn't help my anxiety. Look at the other things too. Look at your protein intake. Are you getting in one gram per pound of body weight, per pound of lean body weight in the form of animal-based protein with the amino acids thrown in? Are you vegan or vegetarian where you're deficient in that, where you might need to supplement with 500 milligrams of L-tyrosine because you're not getting it anywhere else. Your other option is to supplement with a complete amino acid supplement that will have all of the different amino acids in it. I don't really like the branch chain aminos. They're okay. I like essential aminos. Designs for Health has amino acid synergy. I know Ben Greenfield has his key on aminos. Many of you have used different amino acid products. As long as it's high quality, I really don't care where you get it. I've tried the Amino Co for a little while. They have some artificial sweeteners in some of theirs. So I tend to stay away from the artificial sweeteners. I'll go with the amino acids that are sweetened with stevia. Like I said, Designs for Health, Amino Acid Synergy or Supreme, whatever the powder is, tastes like fruit punch, uses stevia. So you can supplement with an amino acid supplement as well as L-tyrosine separately. You can do an amino acid a good bone broth-based protein powder and thyroid fixer that contains L-tyrosine. Combine all of those and watch the magic happen. Everything is going to get better. Your anxiety is going to improve. Your thyroid will improve. Your weight loss will improve. Because remember, if you are, number one, if you're running high cortisol, if you're all wigged out, stressed out, then that, that high cortisol is going to lead to weight gain. So we need to reduce stress, normalize cortisol, lower reverse T3, and then the body can tap into its fat stores. Then when you look at the T2 component of thyroid fixer, now you're getting an increase based on metabolic rate and improved mitochondria function. So all of that is working together. Now let's say you're actually working on getting your protein intake up and you're using a good high quality source. Now that is working with everything else to improve your hair, skin, and nails, to help you grow that lean, sexy muscle when you are doing what? Lifting heavy shit at the gym. See how everything just beautifully works together. And if you have one component off, 
if you're not getting in enough protein, if you're not getting an L-tyrosine supplement, if you're not getting in enough amino acids, then that alone can be the reason why you still feel like garbage, why you're still gaining weight, while you're still stressed and anxious. Yeah, you're taking the progesterone and you're taking the GABA and you're taking all the things and nothing's working. It can come down to something so simple, so simple, an animal-based protein powder, throwing in some amino acids, tossing in some L-tyrosine, throw in thyroid fixer and watch the magic happen and quit trying to figure out all these complicated answers when it doesn't have to be that complicated. It can be very, very simple, very, very simplified. You just have to know the facts and do the right things. All right, let me know how it goes. I wanted to do this just for you guys who are asking me all about protein powders. We talk a lot about it in the Girl Fix Your Thyroid group. So I know that this will give you a little bit more direction. I wanted to do a really specific podcast just on protein powders. This will give you a little bit more direction on what to do in 2023 to improve your overall health. It's just those little things, people. It's little things chipping away and making tiny little changes that can produce huge effects on the body. Hey guys, thank you so much for listening to the podcast. I hope you loved it. And as always, if you would be so kind to leave a review, if you are listening on Apple Podcasts, that would be absolutely amazing. I read all of them. Also, anything that you hear on this podcast is not intended to diagnose or treat any kind of medical condition. So we always recommend that you check with your medical provider, your doctor, your nurse practitioner before implementing anything that you hear on this podcast. And if you want to find out more about working together, you can click the link below in the show notes to book a discovery call. And there you'll be talking to a member of my team. They are an extension of me. They are amazing. And you and I will talk after that once we get you all signed up and you and I get to work together. All right, I hope to see you soon.